Hey there, there's something hypnotizing about you. I just can't wait to get all up on that nip of yours. Hey everybody, we're going to be breaking down Legends of Tomorrow, Season 4, Episode 14, Nip Stuck. Join us, won't you? You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Yes! Look at this! Oh, damn! All new music! New music! Bust it down, Dave Child, bust it down, bust it down! (laughs) Welcome! Welcome, everybody, to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Uh, You know, before we do all our usual intros, Jonathan, please be honest with me. Did you ever see anybody bust a better move to the new intro music than this? No way. No. Not at all. Yes! Thank you. Thank you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thank you, everyone. Please, studio audience, calm down. Please sit down, sit down. Everyone sit down. Sit down, sit down. Okay. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, breaking down every episode of Legends of Tomorrow, airing Monday nights on the CW. I am the danceless Frank Murray. But such you're the silky voice, and I'm the mm. uh, I'm the milky moves. <laughs> nah, I'm Dave Child. Everyone, thank you for joining us. If you thought we were done saying the word nipple over and over again, uh, you're wrong. Because uh, <laughs> this show is not done talking about nipples and evil nipples. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> mm, Jack, please. <laughs> that will probably not be the first time you hear that sound effect oh, that you play no, this episode. Not at all. And already in the chat, we're making people uncomfortable, but please, go ahead. Settle down. It's sometimes, you know, it's good to face the things that make you uncomfortable. It's the only way you get stronger. Yeah. That's right. Unless it's an evil it. nipple, and then we'll just, like, niptatize you. That's right. We're going to get up with all this in the personal this episode. Ooh. You know what, folks? You can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell us what you like about us. That's right. Give us a thumbs up while you're there. Yeah. And you know what? We have the chat up and running. Mr. Dave Child has got his computer open. We'll talk to you. And he's got everything that you're writing down. Mm -hmm. He's reading and he's loving. So keep it coming. Now, Dave. Yeah. (laughs) Get a little weird. Uh, Before we break out on the episode in detail. Oh, yeah. What would you think overall? I thought it was good. I mean, the stuff about it I liked. The stuff about it that wasn't, I don't know. It didn't quite grab me as much as some of the best episodes of this like season or the show have. But I like Neuron. I like Evil Ray. I think he's actually become a good villain now. Now that it's in Ray's body. And he's he's smart. He actually like devised a trap and a method of getting what he wants that actually seemed to work. Which was a lot better than what a lot of the villains kind of tend to face. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> Take a photo of that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I gotta say, I find, and we talked a little bit about this last yeah. episode as well as you know, many times during the course of this season, breaking it down. The stakes for this season overall seem so small. <laughs> They're so weird. They're so <laughs> strange. But this is the thing. There's always one thing in an episode that redeems the whole thing for me. And I just want that one. I want to find the clip of the werewolf Mona Wolfie like saying, uh, your nipple will not win the day. Something like that. (laughs) 
uh, and then just and then just dive after him, rips open her sh- his shirt, and there's an eye for a nipple, and then she just bites into it. I want that clip, and I want to show the world that clip and be like, this is a show on CW. This is a show that's currently on the air on CW, and I don't think you know that. And I want people to know that the show exists because they do stuff like an evil nipple that turns into an eye, and a werewolf is trying to bite it off. And every time Wolfie said, like, nipple, <laughs> he's got a nipple, bad nipple. That that made me like it even better. I mean, well, it is. That's what it, that's my favorite part of the show is like is all the Gary's nipple stuff. It was nice to see or hear Wolfie talk because we really haven't seen much of that. It's usually been just like ah, yeah, rage for so for to have at least coherent. Well, I think of the sense of the the Jane Austen one. She was kind of like, well, I love you. Mm-hmm. Will you betray me as an author and a friend? You know, kind <laughs> of sounded like that. It sounds like. Uh, Oh, like, I don't know, oh, just like some bad uh, cartoon <laughs> caricature of an old jazz musician. Um, <laughs> nope. Not, <laughs> not, no. not, not taking that page. You tried to, you tried to set it oh, up, and I almost went, nope. Oh, oh look at that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we've heard this start to be named after the last couple episodes. This, this, uh, this woman, female Tabitha, that yeah. is uh, very important to Neron. I, I, I guess we consider like his love. Oh, he, he hasn't really. Quite yeah, no, his love. I think is like my dearest Tabitha. And I so, need to say, my dearest Tabitha. I had a guess of who Tabitha was going to be. Did you have a guess? Um, you know, to be honest, I did not. And so, were you? Was your guess confirmed, or were you surprised? No, I wanted it to be the unicorn. <laughs> I really wanted Tabitha to be the unicorn, and then maybe even having the like, oh, I love you, Tabitha, or I just thought it would be a nice twist to have the unicorn come out again because I like the unicorn. That was like a cool that's design. true. But yeah, you know, uh, I can see where they're coming from with the with the fairy godmother. I mean, I guess you're right. It does make sense that Tabitha should be somebody we've already seen before the season. They've also they also played with it like like. Uh, after about halfway through the episode, he tells Constantine, like, well, and then you sent Tabitha to hell. And he's like, Who, who's Tabitha? He's like, you don't even know. You don't even know who you sent to hell. How? how? Yeah, but you know what? That doesn't hold water for me so much. Because, yes, Constantine did send her to hell. But he did say, hey, give me the info of the guy that's uh, after me or look oh, helping you and yeah. I will you know let you go and he's like no 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 I, I don't want to be on his bad side so send me back it was her choice ultimately in that episode that's what she back. said I don't even remember that yeah he offered her the choice of helping him or going to hell and she said well she doesn't want to be on his bad side because she loves him well yeah but so I mean for Neuron to say that to Constantine that's not exactly true well he doesn't know who Tabitha is well yeah but Neuron does yeah Neuron Knows who Tabitha is. Yes. Neuron was like talking about you need to bring Tabitha back, and I mean, I guess Tabitha is only going to say what she wants to say to make her look good to him. So, yeah. oh yeah, I wanted to. He sent me back. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. All right. Let me just Come scrape on, that beef. Get off. that beef. Off. <laughs> that beef's gone. That Jeez. beef is gone. Uh, so we do see at the end of the last episode that Neuron uh, took over Ray's body by Ray's willing, uh, you know, willing to just give himself over so he wouldn't beat up and kill Nate. Right. And now he's headed back to the the you know the Ice Age, the Donner Pass. The Donner Pass. It kind of doubled it up there, right? Like, <laughs> not only is it the Ice Age, but it's the Donner Pass. Yeah. So you know, 
it's a bad pass, <laughs> and it's especially bad when it's when it's icy, and it's also the ice age. It doesn't need to be the daughter pass. No, no reason. It's just like, it just it could age. it could have been the middle of California, you know, or the I guess daughter pass is in California, but it could have been like you know Southern California because it's the ice age. Everything is covered in ice. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just to immediately get them to the point of like, well, you know, cannibalism is you know something that's probably going to happen now. So. Mm. We see the uh, the legends, they track him back here after Constantine uses a little bit of magic. Sends the legends back there to try to uh, stop Ray, save uh, Constantine. And the decision is, hey, you know, kill him right now and end all this. And don't give him a moment to try to, you can't save him. It's impossible. Yeah. And uh, Mick says, ah, fire. And, uh, Which is do. a very Mick thing to do. It is. It Remember, is. He's, <laughs> he's brought out and tried to shoot people before, teammates, and was surprised. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess when it was like the captain's call, I, I haven't seen him like kind of just jump out and just kind of over, over yeah. take the captain's order. Well, I feel like he was the only one who was willing to pull the trigger on something like that and take the blame for it later. That feels like a very rory thing to do. But, you know, on the other hand, though, because, I mean, I could see them hesitating, one, because it's Ray. But also, if it, if the guy is standing there waiting for they you... They were starting to feel like it was a trap. Yeah. As soon as they do it. I mean, I don't think Rory was right. But I feel like at the time, he thought he was. And he was doing the best thing for the team. But, yeah. They were starting to figure out that it was a that it was a trap of some sort. And I like that it was a trap. I like that he actually set a trap in a smart place. And it actually did its job. And it kind of buried the ship and was able to... Like, uh, at least delay them for a while. And it's kind of brought up uh, as they're ensconced in this ice. Uh It brings up a couple issues that have been kind of percolating for the rest of the season. And that is, you know, a mix issues as well as Sarah's issues and how they're kind of interacting with each other. Right. And the fact that they're the last of the originals, besides Ray. Yeah. I guess, who's now taken over by a demon. And he's just, you know, chilling out in hell. Yeah, he's chilling out in hell. So... Seeing Mick and Sarah go at it, did you, did you, could you see where each other was coming from? Did you kind of side with one or the other? I don't know. It was, it, it felt like a very TV fight, but you know, I kind of understood why they got to where they were and how they would maybe throw insults at each other that were unneeded. So I kind of followed along with it. Did you, because I mean, we did, at least it was. A ridiculous episode, uh, but they did go to that uh, Romanticon. Yeah. So, uh, given everything that happened in that episode, did you find that that was a superfluous uh, trip for those two? They shouldn't have gone and done that, or it was well, just, it was just bad bad luck that the time they go do that is the same thing. Everything bad goes down on the ship. Well, it's bad luck, but it also was like unneeded for them. That wasn't a time mission. That wasn't anything except like a, a vacation that we got to see. Yeah. So, yeah. The fact that things went wrong made sense. I think Rory lashing out about Ava and the fact that she's just off with, like, her girlfriend all the time was kind of a low blow, but he kind of knows that later. So he was just finding something to throw at her face. Imagine uh, a show where Sarah leaves. Do you think Rory sticks around for much longer? Mm. Because I feel of everybody on there, I feel like he's closest with Sarah. I mean, one, because they've been there the longest. Yeah, but I also think they have more than just the fact that they've been there the longest. They also have like a chemistry together, right? They have like that back and forth. Like he gets to be a sourpuss, and she gets to kind of be the voice of reason while still being snarky, you know. So they're able to kind of bat. But yeah, I think so. 
I mean, except for maybe now uh, Ray and Nate. I think they're a little closer with yeah. one another. But I would think anybody else could leave the Wave Rider. And I think Mick stays around. He's like, whatever, I'm still here. But Sarah leaves a Wave Rider. I don't think he stays around. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he takes off. He's like, eh, what, what's the point? Yeah. Go be a romantic novelist. Yeah. Speaking of that, thinking of Mick, I mean, whenever this show does end, and he, whether you know it's next season is the last season or mm-hmm. whatever, or or they write Rory off. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But do you think he? I don't think they would. Does he unless go back? the actor decides to leave? Yeah. for greener pastures. And given, I mean, it's he's making some good money for not a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He kind of shows up and just drinks a beer. and yeah. he's done. I mean, the bad. I mean, the drawback is you are in Vancouver a majority of the year. But if yeah. you're comfortable with that, it's a great living. But do you see whenever he does leave the show, and he kind of goes back to, we're going to assume 2019, 2020, Central City, does he resume kind of his villainous ways, or does he just pursue just more of a, a career as an author? I think he pursues a career as an author, but I, I feel like he can be satisfied that in that world. I feel like he can easily John Wick it out and go back into that world of someone like killed his dog or something. But I feel like he'll be happy as a romantic author. Because I think, it seems that his reception at the Romantic Con, clearly he's got to be making a lot of money off these books. Yeah. So in terms of that, the the financial incentives to be a rogue are taken away, I think, if this is his success as an author. I think that's true. But does he still, is there still something about being a rogue that is still too enticing that he couldn't completely I think straight? he likes the fight. I think he does like the fight, and he likes the... Uh... Like, he likes the violence. I think he'll miss that, but that's why I think he might cause some, like, barroom brawls or something. So he might still continue to fight, but be a romantic author in the in, at the daytime. I have Just a, a fighter in the evening. <laughs> I have a feeling he'd be one of those guys that would get into fights and then use his uh, incredible wealth to buy his way out of problems. Like, oh, I'm not going to go to jail. Here's a bunch of money. You know, just yeah. leave me alone. I feel like that's how he'd get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or will be drawn back into it by some, like, Suicide Squad or something. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Now, Ava, I mean, uh, Sarah, I even, no, no matter how much her relationship solidifies with Ava, they either, they move in together, perhaps they get married. I don't know if I see Sarah ever leaving the Wave Rider behind. No. I think she would continue to be a hero in some way, and I think she's found her path with the Wave Rider, because before it, she was, like, completely lost. Like, she didn't know what to do. She was a trained assassin. She kind of burned her bridges back in the Arrow world. And I, I feel like she's found a home and found a mission. While, like, I feel like Rory's mission is to be an author. Like, yeah. he'll be happy and fulfilled there, but she wouldn't. She would need some something to do. She, I could see her settling down in a city and becoming that city's crime fighter or something. But I think she enjoys this kind of, you know, time-traveling adventure stuff. I mean, it's and certainly being with Ava does still give her access to time travel technology. Yeah. But to your point about like just going into a new city and becoming that city's hero, I almost feel like once you've spent four years, maybe five, traveling through time, yeah, and seeing whatever you want, yeah, yeah. it would seem so small to mm-hmm. just be like, oh no, I'm going to stay put in this one city, and uh, I'll be totally cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think agree. you could say that for the first six months, and then it's going to be like, man, I would love to go to Versailles back in, you know. 1743. Let's see what's happening there. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, Rabner28 brought up, it weird me weird. It made me weirdly nostalgic for season one, or at least the season one team. Also, the snart name dropped by uh, Charlie made me happy. Yeah. 
That, I mean, it made me, yeah, it made me kind of nostalgic for, I would say, season two. Because <laughs> season one was still clunky, but I did miss, like, I don't know. It reminded me of how far the show has come and how far, like, the characters have come. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I would agree that I love the season two mix as opposed yeah. to season one. And it was just, as we've talked many times, the Vandal Savage and the Hawks were just... Those storylines generated by those characters just, I don't know, they, they weren't as successful at the show as they right. got in later seasons. Do you think they were setting something up for a future episode? Like, are we going to see the Hawks, or are we going to see something from season one coming up in, like, the next season? Do you think, if they figured out ahead of time, whenever the last season is, do they tie in the Hawks somehow to make it feel like, we knew all along when the last episode came, the, the Hawks, Hawks would, be back. would be back. I don't know. Like I do feel like something might happen the next season to tie us back to the first season because of, because of this, but also like they now they're going to hell. <laughs> like yes. you know what else are they gonna do except maybe start to reference themselves and start to like play with with how to. Do you, like they might end up doing something where they have to travel back to previous seasons to like uh, do the Back to the Future two thing. That's true. You know, and kind of experience it in the background. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess you're right. A show does get to that point after they've been on so many seasons that they've the the idea of revisiting where you started from becomes too enticing. And yeah. You want to go back and you want to go explore that. People in the chat are saying, "Oh dog, please, not the Hawks." But uh <laughs> we also have <laughs> we also have maybe they're going to bring back Rip. I it might be a nod towards Rip, which I'd be totally fine to see Rip. Yeah, it'd be nice to have him back. Yeah. It's I mean, I'll take the Rip over Vandal Savage and the Hawks. Bring sure. back Vandal Savage. Oh. That's who I want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want Jonah Hex. Bring back Jonah Hex. You know, that's true. I mean, this is going to be the first season where we've had no Jonah Hex love. Oh, no! He's the best. <laughs> rip, uh, and I love the Rip Jonah Hex relationship, at least. It is one thing, though, to think, you know, because in comic books you can bring back these villains as needed. Uh, give them a little bit more, you know, a little bit more difficult in a TV medium where you've got to, you know, I think it's a little harder to justify to an audience is why you're doing things that you could always do in comic books. Yeah. Um, but it would be curious to see how a season five writer's room would deal with Vandal Savage, learning everything they've learned over the course of five years, as opposed right. to season one Vandal Savage. Right, yeah, probably would be different. And also the characters are more... And also they're willing to go to weird, weird ends of the earth with, with the storylines and the beats and the nipples. You know, it's... Bring back Vandal Savage. Let's see what they can do to his nipples. That's yeah. what I want to know. I would definitely love to know, though, with the writer's room, is what's the deal this season? Because we've talked about it a lot, but this, there's such a lack of costumes. There's such a lack. I don't think that's because of the season. I, don't, I just don't think it's a goal of theirs. I think their storylines are just diving away from that. I think they're more into... what. I think they're enjoying these weird tangents more than they are the actual like superheroing that's happening. So they're not worried about putting the superhero into it. They're more focused on the weird storytelling or like setting up the character relationships or having people use their powers, but just not so much like go into costume. They don't really care about it. I would be curious in the chat what the people in the chat feel in terms of do you want to see more costume heroics? Yeah. Do you want to see more use of their powers? Because Ray. Given is one, we very rarely see him in his Adam suit this season. That's true. That's true. Ray is someone who needs his suit in order to have his powers. Yeah. 
Uh, do you folks miss that? Are you totally cool with kind of doing a non-powered yeah, approach? Yeah, in the stuff? chat, or if you're listening to this later, tweet at us or yeah. whatever, or put in the comments. Slide into Dave's DMs. DMs. Yeah. Also, we have people in the chat being like, can we get Kid Flashback on the team? Wally. Wally was a good addition. Yeah. I want to have him on. I mean, I know he, uh, the the actor, had other pursuits that he wanted to do, uh, but that does not rule out with him coming back in for a future season if yeah. their you know, careers and schedules align. You know what I realized from this episode that I did like? Because I, I liked, this, the storylines I liked was Neuron dealing with, um, dealing with Constantine and Constantine dealing with his kin, with his ancestor who's doing stuff with demons. And also the, the evil nipple stuff that's happening there. Nice. And it made me realize one thing I kind of wish they did with Neuron, which is how I know Neuron from the comic books, was there was a big crisis event where he basically gave every superhero their darkest desires and it all went monkey paw at some point where something went wrong. I kind of wish he did that. I kind of wish he did that to all of the characters. I want to know what all of their like wishes and monkey paw situations would be. Mm. Like who would sell their soul? Who would like make a deal with the demon, and then something goes wrong, like we're seeing with Gary, where Gary just wants to be accepted and loved, but then it goes into this weird monkey paw kind of evil aspect where he ends up bewitching everyone because you know what? he just wants us. I really love what you're putting down there, Dave. Yeah, I think that, that would be nice, a, yeah, right? That'd be a really fun uh, season. It'd really dive into the characters, see what makes them tick, and but, you would have more, a stronger kind of like arc. Throughout the whole thing. And you just see a little bit of it in this one. And maybe we'll see it in the next episode, too. But right now, it's uh, I wish we could see it more. Well, Because no, I think, I think in, as an audience member, I'm more invested in what happens to the legends than I am worrying about, oh, I hope Neron gets his girlfriend out of hell. Not yeah. a huge arc for a season to get me really like, yes, I hope they save the day. By the way, in the chat, we have uh, Malachi... Says his suit doesn't do much against demons and magic. Talking about Ray's suit. I think you could shrink a yeah. shrink a demon. Well, you could shrink a demon. You could shrink to sneak around, fight things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also brings up budget. I think it's the budget that's really keeping them. They're focusing all their budget on magical creatures. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't noticed like a crazy amount of like, holy cow. Yeah, I guess I can see why there's no other effects on any of the superheroes. Right, except they put a lot of VFX into Mona changing every single time. Oh, and I don't think they need to. It could be off screen. Yeah. You don't need to have like a, a weird hand. Well, you know what? I don't know because those effects look pretty bad. So I, I never was a big fan of the change. I'd rather do it like they did this cost. episode where they snip, 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 and then they turn around and like, oh, that's great. I think they'd need to do that more yeah. too. They, yes. They did do a hand close up thing. Where her hand turned into the Wolfie before anything else. Yeah. And also kind of introduced the idea that Wolfie is a whole other persona. Yes, which seemed weird to me. Yeah, that's new. Because I thought it was her the whole time. Yeah. So I but don't now know. it's a different persona. Now it's more of the 
Hulk versus Bruce situation. Uh, you know what? Before we get to our next topic, though, Dave. Yeah. What? We're going to dive into a lot of the things that you were just mentioning mm-hmm. in depth. But first, we want to give a big shout out to all you fine viewers and listeners for helping us become the ESPN TV Talk. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and watch our shows. I know Dave and I love doing these on a, on a weekly basis. We do. Yes. And we do a lot of great shows here at After Buzz, whether it's uh, on After Buzz, Book Circle Online, Black Hollywood Live, or Popcorn Talk. So we love doing them. Thank you for watching them, but we also need a little bit of help. So we're asking if you uh, watch on iTunes, or watch on iTunes, that'd be amazing. But if you watch on YouTube, subscribe and, uh, you know, leave us a, give us a thumbs up there. On iTunes, if you're listening in the car, at the gym, as you're walking around town, give us a five-star rating when you have a moment. But wherever you're doing... Don't do it while you're driving, though. Be safe. That's right. Pull over, park, give us a five-star rating. (laughs) And then just continue on with your day. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. Uh, but wherever you're enjoying the show, make sure to leave a comment and get involved in the conversation. Dave Child, if you could see his face up close, he is positively beaming. Huh? Being able to see these great comments that you're leaving. Oh, they're so good. This one I like. They're talking about where the budget is <laughs> right, right now. And uh, Rabner28, I'm a big fan of Rabner28, says they're saving it up for the finale. We're going to get another Bebo battle. No. I don't, don't think it's... No. Do you even like this show anymore, Frank? Come on! But yeah, I feel you, like there, there's going to be a big magical battle at the end. I think that's true. I think it's gearing up for a big magic battle. I, I mean, but, like, for what? Like, all the creatures that they sent back to hell this season come back? Well, Maybe? I yeah. I'm, I imagine the unicorn will come back. Let's hope. I, I mean, I almost wish that the it wouldn't have been Wolfie that had bit off the nipple, that the unicorn had come back and had bit off the nipple again. Is the nipple totally bitten off? Uh... I believe so. Or was it just blinded? But, but is it because here's the thing: if it was bitten off, I thought. Do you think this is this brings up a question? Do you think Gary, it has turned to the dark side, or do you think Gary was manipulated by an evil nipple? Well, but before Gary had the nipple, he was leaning towards that only because he was caught in that weak moment where he, he was, was seduced like, by a nipple. Yeah. Yes, but once the nipple was attached. Was did it kind of take over? I don't. I don't know if it necessarily. Well, I don't know if it took over. I mean, did it make make Gary feel more confident as a, a whole individual, so that he's like, wait, I have a whole nipple. I, I'm ready to work. Yeah, and that's where his confidence comes from. Is like, I am whole. I got two nipples, and now I'm ready to do the bidding of an evil demon from hell. Because he was totally fine with hypnotizing uh, the whole time bureau. Yeah, and also they were doing stuff to keep the legends at bay, and I feel like that's irredeemable, unless the nipple had taken over his mind. I I don't think so, because even when he gets the nipple extracted, bitten off, uh, and he gets thrown out the the office... That's what I'm curious, because I thought the nipple was taking over his mind, but if... If the if Wolfie bit off the nipple, and I love these sentences that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> if Wolfie did bite off the nipple and he went with them anyways, that means he's irredeemable. I mean, he said, save me. So you're not doing, I mean, you know, I feel like he knows yeah. what he's getting himself into. Oh, and now he's going to be, now he's going to be like hooked up with the fairy godmother. Well, because she needs a host. But I feel that they also took Mona with her as well. Because, well, but then Mona... Well, no, no, I don't know if they took Mona because we saw them. I don't walk, think they took Mona. But they saw her rounding the corner, and I saw the fairy godmother, Neron, and uh, Gary. But I don't know if they had Mona, and she's in the teaser for next week, so I don't think yeah, they have her. I don't think so either. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, do you think he put Tabitha and Gary? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's very fluid. It's it's you need someone to be attached to Tabitha. That's a host is needed. Yeah, and he's someone who made a wish right away, and she's like, "Wish granted," and that feels like that was like the start of it. That's true. I mean, because I feel like it would be weird to introduce another female. Because you're not doing Ava, you're not doing Sarah, it doesn't seem like, so... No, it doesn't need to be a female. No. I, I mean, or I should say, another person. Why? Because Cinderella mm-hmm. was a lady? Cinderella. Open Cinderella. up your mind, Frank. You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. You gotta be more fluid in my viewpoints. It doesn't mean a thing. That's right. Gender doesn't mean a thing when it comes to magic and wishes. You are correct. Uh, now, to go along with the magic, we've got mm-hmm. our boy Neron with Constantine... Yeah. Uh, after he's back there at the Donner Passage, he heads back a little bit further in t- ahead in time, more towards our age, but goes to like some nice like Celtic, Druidic village, because they're right behind Stonehenge, yeah. uh, and to meet Constantine's uh, kin. This is the person that kicked off the whole magic in their lineage. Right, right. This is one of my least, I don't know, one of my least favorite tropes. It's like, we're going to meet the, you know, your, an ancient ancestor who looks exactly Just like, like you. you. That always surprises me, because I'm like, how does that work? It's like Back to the Future 3 when he meets his ancestors and it's Michael J. Fox and someone who looks like his mom. And I'm like, does that mean there's incest involved <laughs> no. in this whole thing? And it's it's very surprising. Yeah, it's a little odd. But, you know, I think it, I think that's also where their budget is going to, doubling up people. But uh, but do you think it's I think it's cheaper to get another actor. You don't have to worry about green screening scenes, right? Yeah, split screen. Oh, let's not talk about the budget. No, let's break it down. So I mean, on one day of shooting, <laughs> it would cost about. I was I was hoping for. I also think they're setting up. I think they're setting up like King Constantine as a reoccurring character. When you chop off someone's hand, that means they're going to come back with a hook for a hand. You know, I, I don't know what he was hoping to gain by just chopping off the hand. He doesn't want to kill him, of course, because that ruins everything. Right. It was such an obvious move. It does cripple him. I mean, he was using his hand as the sword hand and was kind of like a magic sword, right? It yeah. was like bringing people into hell. I mean, I guess is it a magic sword? I mean, I guess it was absorbing all the magic in the area. Yeah, he was using it as the as the magic conduit. conduit. Yeah. And yeah. remember, that's the sword he brings down into hell with him. That's true. Which I think is going to be useful in hell. We should also talk about hell. Well, what did you think about Constantine sacrificing himself? Oh, I mean, when does he not do that? <laughs> he kind of pulls that like trick a lot. That's true. I mean, he did it earlier this season when he was almost on his deathbed. Yeah. So it didn't quite go like, oh my god. Why I liked it was like, oh cool. Now we're gonna have. Now we're gonna see legends in hell, and I'm kind of interested in that. Although the hell looked like, you know, me coming home from downtown L.A. Like, on a Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, although I don't know how they would actually get to hell. I mean, Charlie, I mean, she's a magical creature, but I don't know if she can summon their portal to hell for them. Right. So I don't know what other magic users are around that they could tap into. Except Charlie is a fugitive herself. Yeah. So maybe there's something where going into hell through Charlie might be a good way to do it, because someone goes to collect Charlie. Mm-hmm. If you let hell know that Charlie's around, maybe someone comes to collect. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. I, <laughs> I like this. Uh, hell is just the arrow set from Labner. <laughs> I think it's very That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, we just throw, you know, you know. Oh, they got Nora. They got Nora oh. Dark. Yep, yeah, who's going to dra- Who's gonna open up a port of the hell? It's going to be Nora yep. Dark. Thank you, guys. I totally blanked yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, you know, which, 
excited me at the beginning of the episode, especially from last episode where she gets inducted into the Time Bureau. One, I did like that she just has to do a bunch of paperwork, which is, you know, the, the digs, yeah. oh, your starter stuff. Um, but then I was bummed that she really didn't get a chance to do much this episode. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that she would be able to do something. And she got hypnotized. You know, I don't buy that. I feel like Nora's smarter than that. Because she already knew that Gary is kind of incompetent. So why is she not going in expecting to be something? Man. Someone so, shows me their nipple and turns into an eye. I'll take a look at it. But, I mean, I mean, uh, Mona was able to resist that. Yeah, but also she was able to resist it and then become a monster. Nora probably, I mean, who knows what happened when Nora was there. Maybe, Maybe he acted faster because he knew that Nora was more dangerous and didn't expect... Mona to be dangerous, hmm. so kind of took her t- took his time and got a little cocky with it. Yeah, how did you like seeing confident Gary though? He, do, he did pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually seemed confident and suave. The first scene when he's just like, "Yeah, close the door. We need to have a talk." I was like, "Oh, Gary, <laughs> oh, Gary." Hey everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor, because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. So I, I think he did a good job of, like, moving in between, like, the wacky Gary we're used to and, and confidence suave. Because I, I feel like another reason why I don't think the nipple had taken him over is because when things start going south with Mona, which he wear, Wolfie's out, he starts reverting to more of Gary of old. He's like, oh, God, what's right. happening? So I feel like, yeah, it wasn't a total... Uh, nip control. It wasn't total nip control, and I feel like it should have been. I don't like Gary being evil. Does and he... I feel like that needs to, that we need to see where the line is, because I think he was doing the bidding of of uh, of Neuron there, and I want to know why. Well, this is I a felt sh- little out of Gary's character. It did seem. Yeah. For sure. As somebody that has demonstrated his obvious love and affection for Ava and the Time Bureau. And, you know, for a bit of the legends as well. Yeah. To kind of go and do this seemed kind of out of character. But I do know that he wants acceptance and he wants people to like him. So that's why I feel like he would fall prey to something that would take over and kind of influence that and kind of exaggerate that need. You know? It kind of becomes even more like you get what you want, but look what the price is. You've lost your soul in the bargain. So that's, uh, I need to know where he's coming from. Well, as a show that kind of really says we don't give up on our friends, and we always give everybody a second chance. Yeah, hopefully they'll save them. Um, yeah, it, it seems like I could see maybe Gary not being at the Time Bureau, but I could see him being on the Wave Rider. Like he's he's got to you know pay a little penance. What if he keeps the nipple eye and that just becomes his superpower on the Wave Rider? <laughs> yes. Thank you. You were waiting for it. Uh, we got a question in the uh, chat that I uh, it's an inter- interesting one ooh, from Good tell. Guy. Will Damien Dark make a guest appearance? Mm. Because he's definitely in hell right now. That you know, I would be totally down for that. I would be down for that, and also would like it would be a good Nora thing too to kind of see Damien again. It would be good for that, and also you know, I felt like as much. 
I felt like he liked Ray because Ray did care about Nora, and they at least had a grudging. Yeah, he had a grudging respect for Ray, right? Because it'd be Ray. It could be like Constantine could find Damien Dark protecting Ray down in hell, which would be cool. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Oh, let's hope so. Good guy. Good no. question. <laughs> Woo! Look at him. Look at him. Bringing in better stuff than we did here, Dave. <laughs> well, what our job is to do is say your comments out loud and pretend it's our own. That's true. So please keep coming with the good ideas. All right. So <laughs> money maker. <laughs> Yada. <laughs> oh, we've got the Charlie issue. We seem to have that every episode. Oh yeah, they never know what to do with Charlie. It's really kind of sad. I also feel like. Like I'm glad I'm glad she still has that job, but if doesn't it feel like a demotion where she moves from someone who has kind of a very complicated past and this like really mission to what she's playing, now she's like I feel like she's the background character. Yeah. She doesn't have anything to do on the show. She's like the last to be thought of on the show now. It's like, oh we gotta get something for Charlie oh, to yeah, do. Charlie, do. Mm, just have her personally Rory real sick for a real yeah, quick thing. That'd be yeah. that'd be great. Use that more, but I want to have some character choices. Yeah. It's like it's like Arrow. I mean, it's funny because now they have someone on on the Flash who does the same exact thing. They have um, they they have Hartley doing the uh, uh, what's his name, Expandable Man. Oh, uh, Elongated Man. Elongated Man who could turn into people, but you see his personality as soon as like he is that person. Yes, like you're able to he you're able to use that. Yeah, and this one we don't have a personality to base it off of. We have an accent, and someone who like has a uh, like a, a joke about being a cannibal or robbing people. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Uh, another storyline that moved a little bit is, of course, we find a dragon egg at the end of the last episode. So now it's all about uh, oh, you know, yeah. incubating this this dragon egg. That's a bit too soon. It's <laughs> a bit too soon. Like, let give this relationship some air. Like, let it develop you jumped i think i agreed with her which is like it doesn't seem like we skipped over the fun stuff and i do like (laughs) how they uh started then getting it on and i kept thinking of how they had to avoid the dragon egg during that whole process Uh, and turn the dragon egg away from them right but who knows what what side i know I'll just keep turning it. That's right. Just, I guess it's better to put like just like a little blanket over it. Also, to keep it warm, the best thing to keep it warm. Here's a here's a tip for you, listeners. For if you you're <laughs> if you're in the middle of the wilderness and you're worried about hypothermia and you're with someone, skin on skin contact. It's the best way to keep warm. So get naked and get into a sleeping bag with them. That's true. <laughs> it was just like that. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a little drip of knowledge. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, so if you're out there in the woods and you do find that dragon egg, you know, because that does happen a lot these days. Yeah. Put it against the body. Got to keep it warm with love, Merck. Uh I assume it hatches not next episode, but the season finale. Oh, yeah. Season finale, it'll hatch. It'll be kind of an impressive dragon right away for some reason. Or maybe it'll be like... It'll be part of this Bebo fight. I feel like it's not a Bebo fight this season. I feel it's a giant dragon fight against whatever. Yeah, here's the thing that, that kind of still bugs me, though, is I feel like Nate is like, we got to keep this alive. we got to keep it going. For my dad's... <laughs> for my dad's amusement park. For Hay World. Oh. That's why we got to have this dragon. And I'm, that's like the undertones of everything, and I'm like, no... 
Uh, I'm calling hey world it, is so silly. I'm calling it last scene of this season. Well, it'll help set up this. The last episode will help set up a little bit for next season. Uh, the second to the last scene will be them after everything. The dust is settled from the big battle. They'll be in the uh, the construction site of Haywood. I feel like they're going to fight in Hayworld. Yes, and, yeah. And then it's going the sun is going to come shining down, and Nate's going to look up and see like a ghost dad image of uh, Tom Wilson's big old you know dad, what? big old face, like smiling. I would not be surprised if there's some <laughs> ghost ghost uh, ghost him at the end of this. Uh, last comment, I think, before we leave, and something for you to think about, Radner twenty eight asks, "How come Nate can only get it on when someone with someone?" Wood and involves body heat, which is true. Mm. Isn't that what the last time they were in my tent or something? That's right. Good old Nate. Mm. I don't know. Everybody's Mm. got a thing that they're into. You know? For some people, it's body heat. For others, it's, uh, you know, just like... What what are the others? What are the others into? Pillows. 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 You know, vegetables. Typewriters. Typewriters. Sometimes you just love a typewriter. You just want to... Everybody's got a kink. Put yourself in those keys, you know? Yeah, there you go. Jam right into those that ink. That's right. Get in there and get your back. (laughs) (laughs) Some people just like eyeball nipples. So, folks, in our remaining moments here... (laughs) Why don't we wrap this up with a rapid-fire prediction for next week's episode. Our penultimate. After Buzz TV predictions. Episode. Mine is, I'm going to go with the Damien Dark protecting Ray, and they, they meet the both of them. Somebody's here. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, for me, I'm going to... Oh, I want to say something about Tabitha. I mean, I, I, I will assume that Tabitha gets into Gary's body. Oh, Maybe. But why? She doesn't need to. But she needs another human host. Because that was the whole thing. Like, we need to get you a, a new body. Yeah, but it's not a host. It's someone to make wishes on. Because that was her thing in oh. the first one. In the witches one. Oh, so now she's bonded to Gary. She's bonded to Gary. That's what I yeah, was saying. you're right. You're she right. bonded to Gary. I'm a dummy. I'm a big, big dummy. Uh, Got to pay attention to this show. Dave gets it. I don't. Lots happening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this Legends of Tomorrow After show. As always. Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Give it a subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give it a thumbs up while you're there. And enjoy the nipples of life. <laughs> that came out way too creepy. <laughs> oh. That's right, everybody. Enjoy those nipples of life. But if you want to stay in touch with either Dave or myself after the show's over, Dave, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me at Mr. Dave Child <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Or just DaveChild.com. Because, Frank, I'm Dave Child. <laughs> Where can they find you? You can find me all over the Twitter grams at HappyGoJackie. Ladies and gentlemen, can't compete with it. check your nipples. If you see an eyeball in one of them, seek help. <laughs> find your local you know, <laughs> exerciser to get rid of that eye nipple. Talk about a pink eye. <laughs> Oh, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of The Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We'll see you here next week for our penultimate season episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. Nip off. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.